Hey, Michelle. Hi, Greta. How are you doing? Good. Good, good, good. Um, Just coming out of a super busy work week, but I kept on thinking about the weekend, last weekend, and how much fun that was. Honestly, had such a good time. I think this was the best experience, like, watching a race. Oh, absolutely. We had such a good time. Um, here, before we get started into our whole song and dance, I'm Greta. I'm Michelle. And we are Race Week Recap, a Formula One podcast. Um, today, we're going to be going over the Brazil GP um, and then also just getting a little chatty about the things that went on during <laughs> this week and this race, because this race brought out so much drama. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, it was such a good race. This is definitely going to get highlighted on Drive to Survive this season. I can already feel it. Oh, it absolutely better. It absolutely better. Okay. I want a whole episode for this race. This one was actually like a whole lot of fun. So it was a sprint weekend. and Which I didn't even know until I got a message from my friend. And he literally just said, K-Mag, with like three exclamation points. I was sitting there. I'm like, it's Friday. Like, what? what happened and that's when i realized oh my gosh i i I mean the last sprint races i saw i was like not really interested i didn't really care um i kind of yeah like loki did not understand like why we were doing it but um i once heard uh danny rick talk about it and he mentioned um how sprint races are so much fun because you get to go like you full send and i was like okay i can see that i can get behind this yeah i feel like it mainly works if you're doing it on a track which is racy and then yes. one that you can actually overtake on. I was you literally read my mind. Brazil forevermore needs sprint races because holy crap, that was so much fun. Yeah, I was really good. Okay, so to kind of set the scene, I met Michelle's friend. <laughs> we wanted to watch the race live. Okay, now what was the actual reason why we why we got to watch the race live and together? Because shout out our second favorite Formula One podcast, the Red Flags podcast, was doing a live show in LA and we wanted to go see it. It was so much fun. So we decided to make a whole day of it. We met up with one of Michelle's friends in LA and then we went to um, a bar called, what's it called? We should really shout this bar out. They were really fun. Upshift Brewing Company. It's like yes. a car-themed little brewery in El Segundo. And they had free donuts for us. And they especially opened um, at like 9.50 for people to watch the race. It was so, so, so cool. When we get there, when, sorry, when we got there, it was a little bit empty. There was not a lot of people around. But then we noticed like a couple women and girls are just kind of hanging out around and then, like, we approach and we get closer. And then all of a sudden, it's a full line of us. And it was literally for the girls, okay? One of the regulars was, like, screaming at the bartender on the inside, like, the manager, the owner, maybe, I don't know, to, like, let us in. And she was like, you have a line full of, you have a line of girls out here waiting to get in. <laughs> when we got in, we all picked our, like, little seats. And they gave us donuts for free, which was a lot of fun. It was a very early drink for us. <laughs> Yeah, I had, uh, I think, a half pour, which I shared with my friend. And honestly, would 10 out of 10 go back? It was great. 
yeah they were so much fun they had um a little like taco shop like taco stand set up it was great the vibes were so good the venue was really cool so if you are in the area upshift bar was a lot of fun so i mean we can we can get to the the sprint the race and then we can okay. talk a little bit about the podcast that we got to see yeah yeah so I guess first qualifying. Oh my god, how could I felt forget? maybe a bit reminiscent of Monaco. Okay. Where George Russell basically spun out, which ruined a lot of people's chances to get better Q three times. Yeah. Basically ten of the runners had a good chance at doing a good, decent uh flying lap. And then we had Charles who Ferrari sent out on enters, and he had basically no chance of <laughs> qualifying. Yeah. That was a bit sad. It was a bit sad, but... But what wasn't sad... <laughs> please, please. But what wasn't sad was that Kevin motherfucking Magnuson was on full, basically because George Russell crashed, but we don't have to care about that part. Our honorary American driver... Kevin fucking Magnuson was on pole and the fans and the internet went fucking wild. It was, this was his first pole. Did you know that? This is Haas's first pole in like the history of their team. It was amazing. The First of all, the radio. Oh my God. When K-Mac was like, oh, like who's, who's like, who's on first? Like what position am I? And then <laughs> they were like, oh, you're. Your first, like your poll. I literally got like shivers down my spine. It was so exciting. And oh my god, his little comment about like, oh, I would like to thank I would like to thank Yoss for like it's Yoss, right? <laughs> Who? Huh? Who? Yoss? Ha- yeah, Haas? Like the Haas. Haas. Gunther Steiner? Gunther. No, not Gunther. Who's the owner? Fuck. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Who owns Haas? Yes. Oh my god, what's his name? I'm keeping the, all of this in. Gene, Gene Haas. Thank, Gene, thank you. Gene, that's what it is, Gene. <laughs> I'm keeping all of this in. This is, how, this is, this is our professionalism. Um, yeah, he came back was like, I'd like to thank Gene for like giving me, like be giving me the opportunity to feel days like these. And um. that destroyed me. I loved it. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. Qualifying was amazing. It set us up for a really interesting race. It was just amazing how so many things just fell together because not only did George Russell crash at the very beginning, we also had rain, which basically also prevented the rest of the session from running. So so those two things combined, which led to this magical, magical moment. That's, yeah, I was literally, you took the word right out of my mouth. It's literally like the magic of F1. Like, (laughs) people think that it's like, oh, just cars driving around in a circle. But there's so many little things that can happen that can alter, that can alter the results of a race. And it's just, it's so much fun. It's so exciting. And everyone loves a little underdog. When absolutely Kevin got out of the car and he started celebrating with the rest of the team. Oh my god! We were all we were all Haas fans at that time. Absolutely, K Mag's like the dad of the like literal dad of the grid, and oh my god, mm-hmm. it was just so much fun. His wife and his kid were there. Oh, so good! I loved every second of it. 
Okay. Do we talk about the sprint now? Yes. So like we mentioned early on, the sprint was a whole lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at her at her um, notes. Michelle, please take away the second second note. Okay. So there was a lot of good racing in the sprint. Yeah. But I think what comes to mind for me the most is George Russell and Max Verstappen. Yeah. Uh, basically tussling it out because K-Mag dropped relatively um, just evenly throughout the race. I think he ended up in eighth. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up in eighth. Uh, eighth and up were the points. He ended up in eighth. Which, like, honestly, we kind of saw coming. Yeah. So, so he got a point. <laughs> Yeah, we, he got a point, but like we kind of saw it coming. He got a point, so it was okay. Yeah. But basically, uh, George and Max were racing. This was probably two-thirds of the way in, and George was trying to overtake Max for, I think, three laps. And they kept going and going. It was so much back and forth. And finally, he overtook him. And I... The way I interpret that is that George Russell is a petty-ass man, and he saw everyone dunking on him for not being able to race wheel-to-wheel, and he said, hold my beer. Let me show you guys what I can Hold, hold my pint. Oh, not the pint. <laughs> um, it was so good, and that gave us George Russell's first win. Yes, the sprint win. The sprint win, which is like the most George Russell thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, okay, like this is something he would do, you know? Not an actual race win, but like a sprint win. And when this happened, I was like, oh my God, the way I'm literally clairvoyant because I gave George Russell a 40% chance of having a race win, <laughs> <laughs> which is still like, not choosing him for winning a race but the fact that i even gave him 40 percent, i feel like i predicted it (laughs) no this win was for you he did this for you you. (laughs) yeah of course no of course absolutely okay so now we get to the good part listen there's some stuff at the end of the race commentary that we really want to get to okay (laughs) and then after that michelle has to go watch jeopardy so we're going (laughs) it's the tournament of champions and it could be the last day because it's the first to three wins and two of the contestants andrew and amy both have two wins so damn anything could happen it's heated heated so it's really serious (laughs) so let's get to the race so i think i'm for the first time ever i think i'm actually gonna do this race commentary so the race started off very 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 spicy at turn seven daniel hits the back of k-mag which like god damn it daniel really like danny you whatever we were all rooting for you (laughs) we were all rooting for you we were all rooting for k-mag like whatever so Danny hits the back of K-Mag. We wanted you to overtake, but not like this. Not like this. Danny hits the back of K-Mag, which causes K-Mag to spin. And there's that one point where K-Mag is literally facing the opposite direction and then ends up hitting Danny again. So, you know what? Karma is my boyfriend. Karma is (laughs) Danny hitting K-Mag and then K-Mag hitting Danny. And then this ended both of their races, but this started the good parts of the race because we got a safety car and then quickly after the safety car kind of went away we saw what we all came here for what we were all what we all have been waiting for all damn year we saw some Verstappen on Hamilton crimes being committed all right this 
moment made me feel like I was watching a 2021 race and I was fucking here for it, dude. Oh my God. The, literally, we were at the bar and everybody was screaming because everybody, like, we all got war flashbacks to <laughs> the crimes we witnessed last year. So much fun. Around this time last year. Literally around this time last year. Like, oh, it was so good. And very quickly after Verstappen and Hamilton incident, we got a Norris Norris on Leclerc crime. And then we get this amazing radio from Charles, which is, he says, I think he says like, what a dick. Yeah, I think he's he says he's a dick. Yeah, something like that, which is like hilarious because... I believe it was last race, Carlos was like, oh, yeah, like I was racing Norris and he was being like more mean than usual, which I found kind of funny. (laughs) And now Norris is entering his like reputation era. And is he? I'm not here for it. (laughs) I'm not a fan, but so it goes. Um, I'm really trying to see how many Taylor Swift references I can fit into a podcast (laughs) episode. I'm, I'm really rooting for you here. Thank you. <laughs> the next bullet point says the amount of shit that happened in the first 10 minutes was literally insane. We were screaming, crying, throwing up at this freaking bar with everything that was going on. Because we literally woke up at 6.30 a.m. to drive up from San Diego to this little brewery on time for the race start, which was at 10 a.m. And we got there, I think, like, 9.40. Yes. We actually made pretty good time. Yeah. Because I knew I had a premonition that the race start was going to be a little spicy, a little racy, a little crashy. So I was like, I literally, I can't miss the race start. Honestly, the race start is, like, the best part of the race. So I was like, I can't miss it. So good. But my friend came, like, 10, 15 minutes late, and I was like, Dude, you missed so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. But we gave her the rundown. So we like she got here, she got there and like super quickly we were like, okay, here's everything that happened. Okay. And now we can continue. <laughs> Alright. So then yeah, science was actually looking pretty racy. Um after we got the virtual safety car. No, that came later. Sorry. After like those two incidents, Sands like, you know what? We're going into strategy. We're going to make this race a three-stop race. Um, and this is where we get like the true mastery that is Carlos Sainz, the number one Ferrari strategist. We love. He got the undercut on Checo, which was like chef's kiss amazing. Um, so this entire race was a little bit, it was, everybody was really focused on Checo and on Charles because they are both fighting for second place in the driver's championship, which is like, you know, today I was listening to a podcast and people were saying like, oh, you know, it's really interesting how vocal Charles and um, Checo are about getting P2 in the driver's cup. Um, because for so long, it's only been that we only care about first place. Hmm. So it's, it's, I guess it's like, I guess it's not like not common that the drivers are fighting so hard for it, but so it goes. Well, I feel like, isn't it also the case that for a lot of recent years, it was just Mercedes one twos? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that's not as big of a deal, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. There's also a lot of money on the line. Yeah, and I think I would just be interested to see, like, when the battle for number two has, like, been so close in previous years. Mm -hmm. Because 
is it just one of those things where it is a very close battle so of course they care yeah honestly max took like he grabbed the first place and he fucking in with it and he's you literally can't catch up to him like very literally you can't catch up to him um so a hundred percent i would be fighting for second and a hundred percent i would want my team my team and my teammates to support me in a battle for second yeah it would be weird (laughs) if you didn't care right yeah um I don't agree with that take from this anonymous (laughs) podcast, which I have not listened to. No, it was actually um, F1 commentary. Oh, it was like real? It was a commentator. Yeah, it was an actual commentator. Well, you know, sometimes they don't get it right. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) No, because when Verstappen and Hamilton uh, had their incident, pretty much everyone called it as like a racing incident, right? But then Verstappen ended up getting the penalty. Yes. Which, I mean, okay, my take on this is that, okay, Verstappen has literally nothing to lose. Like, he already won, all right? He already fucking won. Why are we going to give a penalty to Hamilton, who potentially still has an opportunity to be in this race, when we can just give it to Verstappen and literally nothing happens? Like, nothing happens. (laughs) I love your logic. I mean, listen, I think the FIA... Mm, they have an agenda and they're truly their agenda is to be as entertaining as humanly possible like money right that's like like that's it the biggest thing that's gonna cause is the fans on twitter screaming crying and fighting with each other like and guess what that's what happened all right yeah well it doesn't take much so it does not take much <laughs> i honestly love it i love how passionate some of these fans are but um okay so then by lap 53 norris retired his car due to a gearbox failure and listen norris was sick this race he had a little bit of a tummy ache all right he had like food poisoning but it was also his birthday weekend so mm. was it food poisoning (laughs) was it was it food poisoning um but like whenever his car retired he took off his helmet and let me tell you the cat the kid looked so sick Oh, yeah, immediately. I was like, someone give this kid a Sprite. Like, he needs to sit down. (laughs) It was so sad. Um, But then this gearbox failure led to a safety car. And then things got a little bit... Things became a little bit rude. So after the safety car, cars were starting to get lapped. So they were like, okay, you know what? We're going to unlap all the lapped cars. We're going to unlap all the lapped cars except for Yuki. Why? I don't know. And in the words of Yuki Tsunoda, the FIA was bullying him. And I 100% agree. It's just so bizarre. I feel like now in our post Abu Dhabi 2021 world, every time there's a safety car, people just go into fight or flight. They don't really know what yeah. they're doing. They break out into a cold sweat and it's just like guys we can't fuck it up but they still manage to do so it's because i really don't think the fia rules around a safety car are so vague and who like, the fuck writes these rules like why are so they written bad. so badly they're they're so vague and they leave so much room for interpretation so they were doing like an analysis of the rules and according to the rules yuki should have been able to pass because the minutiae of it it's like oh if the driver was lapped before the safety car began 
they get then get to unlap but was yuki lapped before or after the safety car began that was like the big difference but he was aren't you not even supposed to overtake during the safety car anyway you're not which like doesn't make sense it so was, why is the know. rule even written like that i don't that? know I, I don't know but it was like the virtual safety car. I don't know if virtual safety car rules are different. <laughs> it was just a literal mess. So at the end of post-race interviews, Yuki is saying how he was bullied by the FIA. And like, speak up, short king. Rightfully so. Um, it was <laughs> There's rude. really just no other explanation for it. This also reminds me of, what was it, the Japanese GP, right? Where mm-hmm. they barely ran half of the race, but they still awarded full points. Which was ridiculous. Because of some weird loophole. Yeah. Like, there is so much money in F1. There is so much legal money. Mm-hmm. How do you have rules which are not written properly? It's, I don't get it. It's, it's so ridiculous. The sport, this is like the silliest little sport. I feel like every single race, the FIA just sits there and it's like, mm, I don't know. I'm feeling like we should do this this time. And I'm feeling like we should interpret this rule They this were in way. a silly goofy mood. Yeah, they got that silly goose in them. (laughs) (laughs) I went to the silly goose university and everyone there knew you. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, and then I guess, who did Pierre Gasly piss off, Michelle? I have no idea. Pierre Gasly must have pissed off someone in the FIA because he got a five-second time penalty for speeding in the pit lane. This man. I feel like every single race, he gets some obscure penalty for some race regulation. Like, someone hates him. Someone has an agenda, an anti-Pierre Gasly agenda. Pierre has two strikes right now. If he gets his third, I mean, right now he's like, he's kind of in the green now because, you know, Abu Dhabi is like, I don't know, fucking two days from now. But, um, But if he gets that one more strike, that means that he won't get to race on his first race with Alpine, which is like the curse of, oh my God, is this, is this Christian Horner's doing? Is this Christian Horner's plan? Oh my God. Everybody get out your tinfoil hats. Christian Horner is talking to the FIA and he's the reason why Pierre Gasly keeps on getting (laughs) these strikes. Well, you heard it here first. I'm so happy we're not that big of a podcast. Can you imagine if we started this rumor? (laughs) oh my god that would be so funny okay and so now let's get to a bit of like the real juicy 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 parts we had a lot of team on team crimes committed this race first we can go off with like the easiest one the most gentle one to approach which was alonzo and esti bestie alonzo is sick of esteban (laughs) He's sick of their little friend, Esteban Ocon. Their little friend. Um, I mean, I guess we kind of all, we kind of knew or we could kind of tell that there was like some bad blood between them. Quick, take a shot every time Greta makes a Taylor Swift reference. Um, there's like some bad blood between them. Um, so it was like not surprising at all that Alonzo was just like exhausted by it. They also crashed into each other during what, the sprint? I think And Alonso so. got a penalty for that. So he ended up starting way better back in 18 yes but he made it all the way up to fifth what a legend i didn't even realize i'm just so used to seeing him run in like fifth sixth seventh like towards the end of the race honestly hot take not hot take the literal truth if you gave alonzo a better car he would be okay if you gave alonzo the ferrari we would have a different 
I think we would be having a different outcome. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like Alonzo's old enough that he's going to be like, no, shut up, Pitline. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Okay. And things like... Uh, I disagree, but okay. <laughs> and things like um, Charles going... Oh my god, wait. When Charles was like, oh, I don't like my mediums. Let's go on soft. He pits. He comes out. He's like, did you guys put softs on? And they're like, yeah. He's like, great. <laughs> so stupid no because the thing is there is no amount of good driving or driver correct opinion that is going to save what ferrari did this year ferrari literally slaughtered charles and his chances of winning by like april yeah like (laughs) and the season started in march so bad it was really really sad but Okay, so that was like the easiest and least controversial of the team member on team member fights that were going on. Okay, so do you want to talk about Charles begging for his life? Oh, yeah, because... Please, go ahead. That's your boy. What were the standings? Charles was fourth. He made his way up to fourth from 10th, I think. And he was trailing Carlos by a little bit. And then I think Alonso was about a second behind him. Absolutely. So Charles was on the radio asking the Ferrari pit wall to please, please think about this championship, which is so sad. Like, what has this come to? This man is literally begging for team orders so so that he can get second in the World Drivers' Championship. Like we we were talking about him winning in like March. This is this is so sad. It was so sad. And what makes matters worse is that they told Charles, like, no, we're not doing that. Come to find out again after post-race interviews, Carlos was never told that Charles was asking for team orders because Carlos, quote, I would have done anything to help him. Like I would have listened completely. And <laughs> That's so real of him. My C2 heart. Oh, God. No, but I think that Ferrari actually made the right call on that because they don't really care about Charles getting second in the championship. At least they don't care about that as much as they care about Ferrari getting second in the Constructors' Championship. Yes, absolutely. And that would have been at risk if they decided to do team orders and whoop. Fernando Alonso swoops in or you know just something else happens so that was the right call I actually for once agree with what Ferrari did I don't think that Charles was wrong to be on the radio asking for it and I I love that Carlos would have done it (laughs) I think it's so sweet I think Carlos being able to kind of step back and know that like hey by doing this I'm helping my team member who's in a way better position than I am for it which is so sweet he's Carlos is so nice um but you know who wasn't as nice and you know who was absolutely not going to move yes who Max Verstappen Max Verstappen no one is surprised no one is surprised um Pretends to be shocked. Literally, I don't understand why so many people were so surprised by this. Like, the internet was like, I never, I never thought Max would be this way. Like, we're <laughs> learning his real colors, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, y'all, Max is cutthroat. I feel like Max lives by, like, 
if he can do it, he will. Like, Checo doesn't need my help in order to beat me. So if he wanted to beat me, he just would do it. But goddammit, Max. (laughs) Like, he's so annoying. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, I was talking to Michelle about it. And I was like, wouldn't you just want the best outcome for your team? Does not make sense. But Checo is like, hey, is he going to let me pass? He's going to let me pass. And then they ask um, Max. And Max is like, why are you asking me this? You know, you know, like, what did he say? Why are you asking me this? You know the reasons why I'm not going to do this or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, why was he so shady about it, too? He was so, sh- it was like on the radio. So, like, everybody could hear. But it was just, it just sat so, like, bad with me. I don't know. Ugh. Because this man was in what? P6? Yes. Like, you're really being this way over P6? You literally have the World Drivers' Championship. Why do you care about P6? And then, okay, post-race interviews again. Because, okay, so, like, everything everything comes out post-race. Um, post-race interviews, Max pretty much goes, yeah, like, I had nothing to lose. Um, he, ref- he talks about, like, why he didn't let Checo pass. And he's like, it's a discussion that we'll need to have later. But he also mentions that, like, yeah, you know, ran into Hamilton. I had nothing to lose. It cost him a win, though. <laughs> Criminal. <laughs> Criminal behavior. Oh, my God. No. It's just like that one guy in class who's like a little bit too smart for his own good. Max, he's a little too good at driving for his own good, you know? Yeah. He's a little too competitive for his own good, you know? It's crazy. And like, I know, I know Formula One drivers have to be like this. And I know, I mean, like, there's 20 of them. But they don't. (laughs) The fact is that it was just so bizarre, like, you're, we're talking about P6. We're talking about P6. I don't know. I don't, like, in my head, I was just like, is he trying to protect some kind of, like, oh, Max wins with, like, the biggest point difference or something like that. Like, some some weird, bizarre Formula One record. You know what I'm talking about? Like, no. <laughs> nope, he was just being petty. <laughs> the thing is, is, like, if you don't do this... It's just, like, you really can't call yourself a team player at all. At like, all. this is, like, no. the bare minimum that we're talking about, and you can't even do it. It's just so bizarre. Which is why so many people just do not work as being Max's teammate, right? This is why Danny Rick left, <laughs> because he knew Max. Oh, but they love each other, though. <laughs> do they? Do they? Off the track. What is this Max Yaller ratio? Oh my god. Off the track, they love each other. On the track, they were <laughs> running into each other. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm never going to forget that. I only watched Drive to Survive, so. <laughs> I'm never going to forget. That wasn't Drive to Survive. Literally, I don't remember if it was Danny ran into Max or Max ran into Danny, but I just remember Danny in the Red Bull suit walking away, took off his helmet, and then looked back. Oh, he looked so hot. But that's another story. <laughs> he was so mad. Oh, my God. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Max committed literal crimes against his teammate, who then goes on to say, the reason why Max has two world championships is because of me. <laughs> 
And he should say it louder. It's some real hot goss because in one way or another, Checo was involved with those. And so then the internet started speculating about like why Max was so like, he knows what he did in the radio after Checo asked for team orders. And then everybody's like, oh, this, this goes all the way back to Monaco when Checo kind of like spun out, I guess. Um, and that cost um, a pole position. It was like the most random thing. Yeah. But yeah, so they're like, it goes all the way to the top and it's not that serious. Max is just like hyper competitive. The thing which is so telling to me is that you have Christian Horner on Instagram talking about, you know, like what happened today. We're moving on mm-hmm. and the focus for Abu Dhabi is going to do whatever we can to get Checo second. Yeah. We have Christian Horner who literally loves Max so much. Yeah. <laughs> Max is his golden boy and he's he's out here talking about Checo getting P2. That is the priority and nothing else. Yeah, because I mean, truly, the team has nothing else. That really should be the number one priority. Not only for like the team to look good, not only for the money, but also so they can keep Checo. Like, no other driver is going to put up with Max behavior, you know? <laughs> like, I'm not saying that Checo doesn't want to win or he doesn't want it. Clearly, he has shown us time and time again that he wants to race. Mm-hmm. But he's also very reasonable. And, you know, he's got kids and a family. Like, let's be real. He's not Pierre Gasly, who's literally, this is his sole focus and this is all he wants is just to be champion, you know? So yeah. it's it's like different paths and different priorities. And I feel like Horner knows that if they lose Checo, Max is going to have a harder time not only competing for the championship against a teammate, but also like having that second seat who's going to be so willing to give up positions because Checo has given up positions for Max. Yeah, such a good point. It's just, yeah, so, like, might as well make your second place happy, you know? Yeah. Max is, literally, Max is shooting himself in the foot by this behavior, because... All of the memes about, you know, Checo having to defend next year, or, like, Checo racing Max next year. So so funny. funny. My absolute favorite memes are... Okay, so we talked about this before, but... um, the Bettis family is a really, really, really big Lewis Hamilton fan. <laughs> They're all Hamilton fans. There's because they have taste. Because they have taste. Um, so there's like a bunch of photos of like Lewis. You should have been the world champion last year. I don't know what I was thinking by being like on Max's team. And there's just photos of like Lewis's dad and Checo's dad hugging and like kissing on the cheek. It's so funny. I love that. I I am here for it. Okay, so super quickly because we need to get to like the the spiciness that happened this week. Michelle, what is your overtake of the day? Um, maybe before we get into that, oh. do we do we address the fact that George Russell? <laughs> does he have a middle name? <laughs> <laughs> what? Forget. George motherfucking I totally Russell. Forget. I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> George Russell won his first race. <laughs> won his first real race. Yeah, he won his he won his sprint and then he won his real race. Good for him, honestly. What a legend. 
<laughs> well, I love to see what Greta doesn't really love to see, but I don't care. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you literally forgot. I totally was like, yeah, it does not matter. <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, you know what? I'm happy because Lewis was happy for him. It was really, 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 really cute. Yeah. Um, in the cool down room. <laughs> oh my God. Toto wasn't there that race. He wasn't. He was like there in Zoom spirit. Yes. Toto wasn't there. And neither was Carmen. I know. She was busy and she couldn't make it. Being a complete girl boss. Oh, heartbreaking. It's so cute, though. And they interviewed Toto, and it was just silence. Oh, yeah. No one told him that, like, his audio was not working. Or maybe they could hear it, but, like, we just couldn't. And this interview just, like, went on forever and forever. But, yeah. I I, I literally went to the bathroom, came back, and there was still just silence. I was like, nobody's going to tell him. It's like when you're you're on, like, Zoom at work, and you're like, you're muted. You're muted. Yeah. Oh. Tada, you're on mute. But yeah, I love seeing George Russell win. I thought it was so deserved. And he was crying after. Yeah. It was so cute. Yeah, it was sweet. It's sweet how emotional he is. And it's sweet how passionate about the sport he is. He's a sensitive little dude. Yes. Okay. Can we go to Overtake of the Day now, Michelle? Okay. Overtake of the Day. Okay. Go for it. I don't know. Sorry. Me either. I was like, I sure as hell don't have an overtake of the day. Didn't Max um, do a double overtake at some point? I think so. So maybe that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, radio of the day. It has to be Checo. What did Checo say? Oh, like I know. I guess I know like what his true colors are or like who he really is. <laughs> this just shows who he really is about Max not <laughs> letting him pass. So petty. So petty. Oh, my god! Because I feel like there's a difference between the kind of radios that you get, which is, you know, Charles saying Lando is a dick. And then this, mm-hmm. because Charles saying Lando is a dick, that's like the adrenaline. That's he just crashed into me. That's really annoying, but you know what? That doesn't reflect how I feel about him as a person. Mm-hmm. This, on the other hand, this is personal. This is so fucking personal. Yes. <laughs> um, my favorite, my radio of the day. Well, it wasn't during the race, but it was when um Ferrari gave Charles the wrong tires, and he just goes like, "That's great." <laughs> Or he said something along those lines. Like, that man is just so tired. He's just so tired of it. He wants the season to be over. He wants to move on. You can blame him. Oh, my God. I honestly, mm, I don't blame him at all. Okay, driver of the day. Driver of the day, I voted because I actually watched in real time. I voted for George Russell, but it wasn't until after the fact when we were at the Red Flags show and they pointed out that Alonzo really started 18th and he ended 5th. That is kind of yeah. legendary. Yeah, in a fucking Alpine. I don't know why he's going. I still don't know why he's going to um, Aston Martin. But yeah, no, I was going to say same thing. Um, I voted for signs, I think. But absolutely, driver of the day goes to Alonzo. The actual driver of the day went to Lewis, which is actually kind of funny. Yeah. I think Lewis did a good job um, at certain points because he had the contact with Max, right? And then he mm-hmm. was able to come back up. Which was really good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he like, <laughs> he finished second, right? He started like mm-hmm. third. So I was like, okay. 
Oh, it was so good. Um, okay, so we were going to talk about The Last Supper, um, which is like what's going on with Abu Dhabi and with uh, Seb's going away dinner. But you know what? We're going to leave that for the next episode because right now we need to talk about how cool the Red Flags podcast was. They're so cool. And they're so funny. We dragged my friend Lauren with us, who she has never heard their podcast never listened to them before but i don't know i I thought she was gonna have fun and she did which i was really happy about yeah they were absolutely so much fun live i was like i'm unsure about how this is gonna go you know but they're equally just as funny on the podcast as they are in person it was really cool how they were interacting with the audience. Okay, when we get there, first of all, we got there and like I was telling Michelle, I want to see who their like demographic is, like who are their listeners, because I kid you not, it was like 80% women. <laughs> yeah, which you love to see. F1 truly is for the girls. I love to see. Like that weekend literally solidified that F1 is indeed for the girls. It was so good. But it was just so cool. Okay, so from like a podcaster, ew, ew, I hate calling us that. <laughs> from a podcaster point of view, it was really interesting to see how like they were filming and what they were doing during the process. And I'm very happy to report, well, this is probably just for me, that they also use notes, which like, thank God. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm happy I'm not the only one who doesn't remember what the hell went on during the race. So... That was really cool. Honestly, overall, they were really funny. We got a chance to meet them afterwards. Actually, you know what? Michelle. Michelle went up to them. Yeah, because I had to. Also, I had a disposable camera, which I have been meaning to get developed, and I really needed to use the last couple of exposures on it. So it took a little bit of courage, though, because I'm, like, really shy. And I was like, hmm, I, I don't really know what to say, especially because I had a little margarita. Shout out to the bartender who definitely poured the correct amount of alcohol in it because I was heckling a little bit during the show. It was so funny. That's right. Sort of unintentionally because sometimes I would just say things and then they would hear them. Yeah. <laughs> and then respond. I was like, ooh oh my god that part where he was like when they were like oh who was daddy of the day and then you said george and everybody heard you say george and then they were like what why do you say that you're like because he cried and then like everyone around just went oh <laughs> that was hottest one of the day correction hottest one of the day was george russell crying and i stand by that that was true. That was, yeah, I stand by that as well. <laughs> so sweet. Um, and th- they were talking about, like, Mick, and then, like, oh, who's a Mick fan? And I was like, oh, me. Like, I actually am a Mick fan. <laughs> I love the concept of him. You, you know? and, like, two other people in the room. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> but you know what? I also stand by that. And, oh, my God, the amount of Esteban slander see but you knew that we knew that but i knew that we knew that we knew that coming in we knew that we we knew where we stood in regards (laughs) to their rankings versus our rankings okay but again it was just such a blast so michelle had a little bit of liquid courage was heckling them and then at the end she had again some more liquid courage to go up and say hi and they were so sweet yeah they offered to buy us a drink when we told them that we drove up from san diego also if by any fucking chance they're listening to this we did not mention that we that we also have an f1 podcast because let's be real that would have been so embarrassing (laughs) 
I couldn't. No fucking way. There's no way we would have told him that we had an F1 podcast because that would have been so embarrassing, <laughs> even though I go out of my way to like tweet at them <laughs> because I'm a fan. Listen, I'm a fan girl first. Twitter's different. Yes. And I am a fan girl first. Oh my God. I didn't tell you, Michelle. I found my high school yearbook and at our high school they always do like an aerial shot of everybody like um lined up like the number of the year right so 2013 i totally forgot that my friends at that time and i we were like really big fangirls like literally one direction fangirls and we made a flyer with like a sign the sign is like gigantic and it literally says fangirling 2013 no way it's literally in my blood <laughs> It's in your bloodstream. First of all, it's al- I've always been like this. So, yeah. Okay. I think we need to wrap up. <laughs> we do. We absolutely do. Because Michelle has to go watch. I have to go watch Jeffrey. It's really, really serious. Anyway, we're going to see you next week for Abu Dhabi. Leclerc and Perez are going in tied, which is a little bit of fun. I will not be watching because I am just not going to wake up at 5 a.m. But we're going to see what's going to happen. And the Constructors' Championship number two will also be decided between Ferrari and Mercedes. And we need burnouts yes. for Smash and Metal. We need burnouts. If we don't get burnouts, literally we're going to all go on strike. Um, So you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter maybe if it doesn't explode. Also, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.